0: So glad that you're here. We're starting uh, something that I personally am really excited about. You know, I've taught some, uh, sometimes some of the more obscure themes and books in the, in the Bible and um, and enjoy that and find that rewarding. But um, to be able to teach about our Lord Jesus, uh, that is a special privilege and uh Total blessing, and I am excited about this class. Um, I just put up a, a candle there on the screen because um, I think uh, the miracles of Jesus are are like a candle in a dark room. They, they just provide us some um, some inspiration, and they provide us with uh, uh, some hope and. Uh, just uh, remind us that um, in spite of all the, the darkness, in spite of all the, the challenges that we face, in spite of all the confusion out there, uh, there is a better world. And um, that this world's not all there is. The darkness is not all there is. And, uh, and so I, I think the miracles of Christ are, are something that um, uh, we ought to come back to and study over and over again, it was um, so, uh, eye-opening to me when I was a missionary in, in Bolivia. I would teach on the miracles of Christ, and um, you know, I would teach things like you know, Jesus fed 4,000 people uh, one day. And uh, I had grown up with that story my whole life. And it was, to me, an interesting Bible fact. Uh, But to them, it it was an eye-opener that, uh, you know, Jesus is is on another level, and uh, Jesus can provide my daily bread. Even when uh, I, this poor person, struggle, uh, I can look to someone who can um, provide for my needs. And, uh, you know, just uh, to see... The story through their eyes was, uh, was just amazing. And, um, and so anyway, I, I uh, fell in love with the miracles of Christ all over again on, on the mission field. And uh, they, they stay with me. Um, a question I think we want to ask as we dig into this, is it realistic for people today... With all of our uh, intelligence and our scientific progress and our cynicism, (laughs) is it realistic to believe in miracles today Uh, for for modern people? Can we expect uh, people, when we go out and and teach them, can we expect them to, to believe in miracles? Is it just like... A fairy tale? Or, or is it uh, something on a different level? What do you think? For some it's one, for some it's the other. For some it's one, for some, other, for some it's the other. Okay, Dan? Well, if you believe that God is doing the miracles, I think it's possible. Okay. If you believe that men are doing the miracles, then I would have to doubt. You'd have doubt if it was men doing the miracle, but if it was God doing the miracle, mm-hmm. Um it's a different, uh, different thing. Yes, uh, Sarah? So if we don't believe that it could happen, why would we pray? Okay, so it gets down to our prayer life. If we don't believe it could happen, why would we, why would we pray? Uh-huh. But you don't believe it. (laughs) A great, a great comment. Thank you for for that. Um, yeah, it comes down to uh, our, um, our our matter of belief. It comes down to our heart, uh, not not our mind. And it's okay for us to engage with people who are, skept- who are skeptical. We don't have to be embarrassed by our belief in miracles. Uh, we don't have to be afraid about our belief in miracles. Um, and we talk to people and I've had people tell me, you know, that that never happened. You know, virgin birth. You know, that, that never happened. Someone raising from the dead. That never happened. Um, and you weren't there. Uh, you don't know. Uh, you believe that it didn't happen, but uh, that's different from, from knowing uh, that it happened. So if this is a story uh, about human beings, and human beings are all that there are uh, on this world. Then I would think that your cynicism is, is, um, you know, I, I would probably join you. But if God enters the story, then um, by definition things would be different, and you would have to expect things different. That. You'd have to expect a breakthrough and things to happen that otherwise could not happen. Yes, Dan? Those that were against Jesus were eyewitnesses and did not deny the miracles. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't there, those
1: who were there didn't deny the miracles even though they were against Jesus.
0: That, that's a good point. Those who were there did not deny them. Yes, Craig? Otherwise, could not happen. Yeah, something that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. We're talking about something, things that only God can do uh, in this class. Okay, thank you for that. We're going to talk more about this, uh, not today, but in, in future classes. So um, I have a picture here uh, to show you. What do you see? Big fish. A big fish. Okay, we'll just start with the essential there. Uh, big fish, Jerry. Um, okay. Anything? Else? Who's that slender guy holding the fish? Do I? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that's uh, me. Uh, my daughter. Uh, some thirty-five years ago, um, we were on vacation in Miami. Um, we had new grandkids, and so we uh, spent a week with my parents in Miami, and we spent a week with uh, Sherry's parents in Miami, and then we went back. And on uh, Friday morning, I said, I'll take my daughter fishing. And, um, you know, she went around to everyone on the, on the boat and said, we're going to catch a big fish. It's going to be this big. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, you, know, and every, you know, she went around to every single person and told them about how big a fish we were going to catch. And, um, and then somehow I did actually catch a fish that, that was <laughs> that big. Um, since this was a Friday morning, our flight back was a Friday night. And, um, you know, I hadn't thought ahead and expect to catch a fish. Um, so, do what? need a big suitcase. Yeah, I did I didn't need a big suitcase. Anyway, <laughs> a- anyway um, so I thought about it a little bit. So we filleted it up and um, took it back to our hotel and stuck it in the freezer and wrapped it in newspapers and... Uh, Stuck it in my carry-on. So when we get back on Sunday, we're going to um, we'll have a fish fry for the whole church. And um, so we get on the plane, and um, the Bolivian Airlines had um, a—they had a mindset that you—that passengers pay good money, and freight pays good money, but people's luggage— you know, that doesn't pay money, so we'll get the luggage. It's important because it belongs to our passengers, but it'll, we'll get it there whenever we can. <laughs> so, you know, no, I knew that ahead of time, which is why it was in my carry-on. And um, anyway, we, we get on the plane, and uh, they said, uh, sorry, sir, you can't carry this, this bag on. And I said, uh, you yeah, know, why not? Um oh, just there's not enough not enough room. Right? It looks like there's plenty of room. Uh, anyway, um they kept on saying I couldn't carry the bag, but we'll you know we'll check it. It'll, it'll be right there at the gate. And um so okay. So we do this and um so I found out you know the, the plane was overweight. You know, we arrive Saturday morning in, in La Paz and um then we all Pass through customs, uh, or excuse me, immigration. Then we go to customs. Everybody's uh, lined up there waiting for them for to put out the suitcases. Uh, so there's probably 160 people, and uh, two suitcases came out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they said, "We'll, we'll call you," <laughs> and um, so. Um, um, Anyway, um, we go home, and, um, you yeah, we had done some shopping in Miami and um, got lots of things you can't get in Bolivia, so we had, so we were, we were looking forward to getting our stuff. So uh, three days later, they call, say, so your, your suitcases are in the airport, so I drive up to the airport, and um, all the bags are there except for one, <laughs> a gray carry-on. And I said we're missing a bag, you know here's all the uh, receipts we're missing a bag and uh a bag and uh, so I will check again they checked and I came back and said you know where did when did you get this receipt and I said they gave it to me on the plane uh, when they took my bag away and so anyway, they took me back into the uh the guarded room with all the the suitcases and uh what does it look like? I said, it's a gray carry-on, this big, and um, and so you know he pointed to a pink suitcase. Is that your suitcase? I said, no, it's a gray carry-on. So we went through this. There's about thirty different suitcases: black, pink, blue. Every single time, I said, no, it's a gray carry-on. And um, so finally, he said, I don't understand. And so he said, wait a minute. He yells out, Jose. And so this little man in coveralls comes running in, and he said, Jose, this gentleman says that uh, his bag is not in this room. And he said, was it a gray carry-on about this big? <laughs> I said, yes. And uh, he said, did it have a fish inside it? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> he said, that was smelling up the, the room. We put it out on the runway. <laughs> And um, so anyway, uh, my my point uh, with all of this is we love to tell fish stories. Uh, You probably have your own fish story that you could tell. I I would love to hear uh, some fish stories, but we love to tell fish stories. And today we're going to look at a story that the disciples loved to tell and uh, that I personally love as well. and would love to hear them. I want to hear this firsthand from Peter when we're up in heaven. Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one The one belonging to Simon and ask him to put out a little from the shore. The people from the boat. Okay, so we have here a really common scene in the life of Christ. Okay, where is he? By the lake. lake. What's he doing? Teaching the people. Okay, Uh, people are crowding in on him, touching him, distracting themselves. Um So, you know, it's uh, something it's, uh, you know, Jesus kind of used to that, but he didn't want the distraction. So out there in the middle of a sunny day, seagulls flying around, uh, what does Jesus do? He got into a boat. Yeah, got into Simon's boat. Uh, because um, people were listening except for those fishermen, who they normally paid a lot of attention. You know, they, they were some of the people most interested in Christ's teaching, but that was listening. What were they doing? They were washing their nets. Yeah, they'd have been out fishing all night. They were, they were cleaning up, and uh, Jesus didn't want them to be distracted. So um, he kind of comes into Peter's boat and sets down, and asks Peter to um, pull him out from shore just a little bit. So he finishes teaching the people. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now listen to this. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Okay, so let's ask ourselves because this sets the stage. You ever felt like Peter? I see some nods. Done everything I can. <laughs> yeah, this is a. <laughs> Anywhere you've been fishing all night and never caught in, and caught nothing? I have. Uh, okay. Uh, also. Any frustration here? What's Peter's profession? Fisherman. Okay. So, safe to say he's probably pretty good at it, right? Um, what's Jesus' profession? <laughs> not fisherman. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you have carpenter, uh, rabbi, uh, itinerant rabbi, uh, but not fisherman. And, um, You just love it when you're an expert and uh, everyone tells you what to do, right? Um, We were at a family reunion last weekend. Um, My cousin makes videos for the History Channel. So it's safe to say that he's pretty good at video and technical issues, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? So we got him to take our group shot. And um, everybody was telling him what to do. <laughs> Get in a little closer. <laughs> you know, I think. Are you sure you got the flash set? You know, all those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, sometimes it's kind of funny. And you've been there, you know, when you know what to do, and everyone's giving you advice. Um, you know, it's um, you go on a, a team. Uh, Teen activity, you know, and uh, all those teenagers who know everything are telling you what you should do. Um, Yeah. Um, So anyway, um, you felt like Peter. (laughs) But um, after he was done grumbling, what did he do? He put down the nets. Okay. Okay. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Okay, so these are tilapia in the, in the Sea of, of Galilee and um, filled both boats Uh, up to the top, and so they they could held as many fish as uh, it was safe, and and then some. Okay, so now that's quite a story. We're going to dig into it, uh, but uh, before we do, I want to ask you, what's unique about this miracle? I I thought of several things that are different about this miracle, and and then one thing stood out in my mind is completely unique, but I I want to see it through your eyes for a little bit. What's unique about this miracle? Yes. Did you raise your hand? You did not raise your hand. I'm sorry. Dan. Jesus really didn't go out there to have a fishing time. Okay. So Jesus did not go out there uh, to go about. And so it's not really about fish. Darlene. Darlene. Ah, okay. No one, she said no one had approached Jesus telling him that they needed help in this way. So when there is a leper, he's got a problem, right? He's got leprosy. Uh, when Lazarus is dead, there's a problem, right? Lazarus is dead. Uh, you know, when people are hungry, when there's a person blind you have this immediate crushing human need what crushing human need is there now this is the way they make their living okay so they weren't getting anything today it, yeah I mean, it wasn't getting anything today but it i don't get the idea this is a matter of life or death for the fishermen so but it, so it's it's uh, it's unique uh, in in this way that um, there was a need but uh, not, not a not a big need uh, not a special need like in all the other miracles that's that's what i, I think is worth digging into where is this in the lineup of this, right this is the very beginning they went out fishing yeah beginning So we we have brackets of uh, of fishing and uh, yeah and uh, so Jesus uh, in the midst of doubt in, in the midst of priority issues you know Peter was all concerned about those nets and everything uh, Jesus said I'm going to give you a good hearty breakfast. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, Good point. So Simon Peter's reaction here in Luke chapter 5. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Okay? So when Jesus got into Peter's boat there at the beginning of our story, Jesus was a fisher of men and Peter was a fisher of fish. Uh, but uh, we see a transformation here that uh, Peter is going to leave the fisher of fish and become a fisher of men. Yes, Dan? Mm, so Jesus is the one behind Yeah, the one who's causing the, need the one. To respond and, and the, the apostles are just telling them the message that causes the response. Okay. Okay. Yes, Helen? Maybe that Jesus needs followers? Maybe the need here is that Jesus needs followers. They are going to be impressed. Yes, uh, Jesus is going to ask or, or he's going to say uh, in just a, a minute uh, words that uh, we heard. this more, more well known from, um, from Matthew and Mark's gospel. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, but I want to talk about that in, in just a little bit. Um, okay, so we see this, uh, this great catch of fish. There, um, so they don't smell like uh, sunshine and sweat anymore. They smell like fish. Um, a lot of a lot of work to be done. All of a sudden, um, great uh, great miracle. What have we learned here in this uh, story? That is something that are things that only Jesus can do. everything from is. I'm sorry could you say that again Bob? Everything that Jesus does he takes it into okay. the, the new spiritual reality. Everything Jesus does leads from the physical to the spiritual. Yeah, great point. Um, yeah, and this isn't the only time that he did that. Uh, the woman at the well is another great uh, example. There wasn't a miracle then. But, um, okay, so Jesus uh, can focus on, open our eyes to the spiritual reality. John? He can command and control the world. Jesus commands and controls the world. Okay, what, uh, what makes you say that? Who else can make fish jump into the net? Who else can make fish jump into the net? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Then. Mm. Yeah, that's not what uh, how Peter thought this whole whole thing was going to work out, was it? Was it? Um, okay. Peter didn't realize that Jesus got on the boat to talk to him. He thought he got on the boat to talk to people on shore. Yeah, he, he thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah. That, that's um, we've all had experience like that. Uh, you know, when we think the preacher talking to all those other people, and all of a sudden. Yeah, there's, there's He's talking to me. Yes. Just because you said, I'm not going to catch anything, but I'm going to put, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a great uh, point. And, um, and that really leads me to um, what I wanted to focus on for the rest of our time. So thank you for that. Um, So Jesus is going to say to you, and you're, you're a fisherman. He's going to say, come follow me, leave your job, leave your, leave your family. Follow me. Um, So, what is, you know, there are some things that are appealing about that because you've, uh, Jesus has been probably teaching around a year maybe at this point. You've listened, uh, you've heard some amazing things, you're interested. Um, But what's the question on your mind? If someone says, uh, you'll leave your job, leave your family, come follow me, what's the question on your mind? If I do that, what? Yeah, this sounds great. but the reality is I've got to put fish on the table. You know that that's, I've got to provide their people depending on if I do this, can you provide for my family? That's the question on their mind. It's not stated, in the text, but that, that's the thats the dynamic here. Uh, yes? One other thing I find interesting, if you just go back a few verses into chapter four, Jesus is at Simon's house, and that's when he cures his mother in law mm-hmm. of being ill. It's another Jesus is working on Simon. He knows he's going to be the rock. <laughs> but he's, he's got to get Simon there, and he's showing that I can provide for your family this way, I can provide for your family that way. It's a he is. That's exactly what he's doing here. How much trust build before we act? That is, um, that's the question that uh, that God still has. You know, He had it in this first century, and the question He still has today is: is um, you know, what's it going to take for these my followers to to act to, to put their faith into action? Okay, so I love. This story that we've did and we've kind of rushed through it a little bit. Um, I actually, uh, when I'm using when I'm doing a series of evangelistic Bible studies, if it is a study with a man who is who doesn't have a religious background, I actually start with this story. Um, why? Why might that be a good idea? I, I'm, you know, just so putting yourself in my shoes for just a minute. Why Why might this be a good idea for an evangelistic Bible study? Not the only one, but the first of of several, a series of studies, with someone who doesn't have a religious background. Sorry, go ahead. They can relate? Okay, in what way? Men, men like to tell fish stories, and they can relate to fish, yeah? They can relate to, you know, working hard on something and not getting anywhere, and it's, I mean, it lays it out almost. Mm-hmm. If you put your trust somewhere else rather than yourself, yeah, that's exactly, the, that's what's going on here. Um, you know, Peter leaving, being fisher of fish to become a fisher of men, um, leaving all that behind. Things are going to be different when you have a new Lord of your life, right? Um, but it's going to be okay. I know there's concerns and worries about that, um, letting go of all that, uh, all those details. Um, there's concerns. But it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Did someone over here have a hand? Did I see a corner of my, yes? No, two of you, okay. Go ahead first. <laughs> at i can do that, I can do that. <laughs> yeah i i can i can tell Jesus why this whole thing isn't going to work, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So get started. Okay. Good one. Jerry? People cannot deny what Jesus has done. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, okay. So, all right. Real quick, Danny. Then we'll- Study with the guy who sold drugs. This was the first. Um, th- this was the first study that we had of of a number of them, and uh, because of Jesus, he, he changed his life. You know, when we went into the, the baptistry, he said, "All of my sins are really going to be washed away." And I said, "Yeah, they really are." And uh, he said, "I don't think this water is going to turn black." <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, he, he, was, um, he, he was a faithful Christian for uh, a number of years. I've lost touch with him uh, when we moved away from Seattle. But, but uh, yeah, uh, the, this story, the, the only miracle isn't that Jesus commands and controls nature, although that is, that is a miracle. The, the bigger miracle is the change in heart. Okay, so let's look at what uh, Jesus can do. Uh, first, Jesus... Can come into our world. You know, we don't have to go into Jesus' world. You know, he wasn't teaching in a synagogue, expecting people to come to them. He was at the lake. When uh, Peter was distracted, did Jesus ask permission to get into his boat? <laughs> he, he just got into Peter's boat. <laughs> it related to him right there on, on his, um, his world. Uh, that, that's something that uh, Jesus could do back then and something Jesus does today. He, he comes into our world. And he's, he's comfortable with that. Uh, second, Jesus can speak in our heart language. If you're a fisherman, what's your, what's your heart language? Fishing. Fish. <laughs> Fishing, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So Jesus says, you're going to be a fisher of people. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Um, okay. What if you know what? What if uh, he'd been a carpenter like Jesus? Probably wouldn't have said fish. What, what might he have said? Follow me, and we'll build. Uh, what? I was thinking trees. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll build. We'll build a church. We'll build. A, we'll build a living temple. We'll. Uh, we'll, we'll build uh, something beautiful, something meaningful. Uh, if you've been an accountant, what might Jesus have said? You won't be able to keep score. you know. Uh, will we'll enter some credits in, into heaven. Um, but whatever our heart language is, if it's family, if it's. Uh, the longing we have for something more in our life, if it's, if it's forgiveness, a second chance, Jesus can speak our heart language. Um, I've seen this um, over and over again. I've seen children make the decision to follow Christ. I've seen I've senior citizens make the decision. I've seen people... North America, I've seen people in South America. I've seen men and women. I've seen millionaires. I've seen poor people. Uh, I've seen uh, politicians. I've seen prisoners make this decision. And, and it's, it's a holy moment, and it, it's a special moment. But sometimes it surprises me that people make this decision to follow Jesus, not because he's not wonderful, not because he's not amazing, not because he's not able to do all the things that we do. You know, those are all true, but all of us have baggage, right? Uh, you know, Peter had nets he had to um, he had to leave behind. He had a thriving practice. You know, he had several boats. Uh, Family business, he had to leave behind. And we all have our nets. Something between us and passionately following Jesus. Um, And Jesus understands that. You know, they were spreading their nets out to dry. Jesus says, you know, you've fished all night. You've just finished. Get them back out. Get them wet again. Go fishing here in the middle of the day when nobody with any sense ever goes fishing, same spot where you didn't catch anything. And, uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense, but it appealed some, on some aspect in, to Peter's heart. And uh, Jesus can speak our heart language. And so that's something as Christians, um, I think we need to make a higher priority is, is to learn to relate Jesus Christ to the heart language of our community. Because Jesus can do that. He, he, he's able. Um, okay, third, uh, the point you're talking about here. If I leave my business, I leave everything behind to follow Jesus, can you provide for my needs? All Peter ever had to do, anytime he doubted, was remember the catch of fish. Can Jesus provide everything that we need to do his will? Sometimes we think, yeah, you know, Jesus needs to give us some, you know, he needs, we need him so much more to be faithful. And this story teaches us that Jesus will provide everything that we need. Well he even don't take anything with you. You're worthy of your Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I, I just mentioned that last weekend I was at a family reunion, uh, and um, you know, family I've kind of uh, diverged from, haven't seen in um, some of them in forty years, and um, it was interesting looking out in the parking lot. There was a Maserati, and a Range Rover, and a Mercedes and uh, a couple of Audis. Um, anyway, uh, I can't remember. There, I made a list uh, because it was Texas. There was a brand new Ford F-150 pickup with all the, <laughs> uh, all the options. Um, and uh, there was my Kia there in the, in the parking lot. It's kind of like a uh, uh, farmer in overalls going to a black tie party um I thought, okay, you know, I could have been like this. you know, I, I could have um, done that, but instead, I, I um, chose to follow Jesus and be a missionary. Well, I, I need to ask myself, did Jesus provide all that I need? Yep. Do I have all that I need? Have I had a rich, fulfilling life? Yes. Yes, uh, Jesus has been faithful. Uh, Maybe he didn't make me a zillionaire, um, but I need and much more. And if you look at your life, you'll see that uh, the same thing. And uh, the final point, Peter was concerned about the business, the nets, the boats, the finances, the income. And uh, Jesus said... How about setting aside fishing for fish and fish for people? Uh, Jesus can offer us something more. Um, He does. He did. So that is, uh, I think the miracle is, yes, Jesus commands and controls nature. uh, But but beyond that, he uh, comes into our world and he shows us that uh, when he is lord uh, following him is everything that um, everything that he promises and more okay so this going to do next week um more light in the darkness jesus heals a leper so Thank you for uh, your comments, for your attention, and uh, for allowing me to share with you uh, some great news about our Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Father in heaven, uh, Father, thank you so much for this insight into our Lord Jesus. Uh, Father, we thank you that uh, he's able to enter into our world, speak our language, and to show that when we follow him, everything is going to be okay. Uh, Father, use this story this week. uh, Bring it to our mind and use it to strengthen our faith and open our eyes to how you're working in our world around us. We pray in the name, the precious name, and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May God bless you.